Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and let's do part three of three on 3D imaging. I was going to do four parts, but four parts on 3D imaging just doesn't seem correct. So I mentioned last time the importance and of visualization in routine things we do. I spoke about CT angiography, but let's speak about CT urography. The ability to create three-dimensional maps, as in this case showing duplicated collecting system on the left or partially duplicated, is critical for being able to visualize small tumors of the ureter and renal pelvis. So in this case, for example, patient on hematuria, I don't see any obvious mass in the kidneys. There's no perfusion changes. When you look really carefully, there is a soft tissue density in the patient's right kidney, which you see on the axial and you see in the coronal view. I'm not sure what it is. It's soft tissue, but if you look at the delayed phase imaging, you can see it very nicely filling in the calyces. And you realize it's involving the pelvis, but it's only when you look at the 3D that you really visualize the destruction of the upper pole calyces and the destruction of the renal pelvis in a classic transitional cell carcinoma. Within the 3D, there's so much more information. Or in this case, where you see a subtle abnormality by the left renal hilum, which you can see again on the coronal view, there's thickening in the hilum present, and perhaps there is a mass there. You should recognize something's going on, but on the 3D imaging, you really appreciate the calyces and recognize that the calyces to the lower pole are amputated, and you see that very nicely on the 3D map. You see the partial duplication of the collecting system but the lower pole calyx is amputated, and this was a transitional cell carcinoma, and then here it is with volume rendering with some color coding. Again, the ability to visualize pathology is enhanced. Or in this case, where the patient has hematuria, there looks like obstruction of the left kidney, the scarring of the left kidney, the renal pelvis is dilated. With contrast, perfusion changes are seen, the enhancement is not as great. And then you look at the 3D maps of the CT urogram, and you recognize the left renal pelvis is dilated and this calyectasis, and then you say perhaps the patient has a UPJ. When you look at the ureter on the left, there's a segment approximately beyond the dilated pelvis that is not well opacified, but there's something not well opacified on the right. Well, if you look closely at the proximal left ureter, you can see that it's infiltrated. It's not a crossing vessel. It's not a UPJ. It's not peristalsis. It's tumor infiltration of the proximal ureter. This is a transitional cell carcinoma. Shiva Raman wrote an excellent article talking about the difficulties in looking at the ureters. Tumors are often small. They're not obstructive, easy to miss but spoke about how the utilization of a 3D technique, volume rendering, or MIP as an ancillary tool became very important. The proper utilization of 3D techniques can be incredibly useful in the diagnosis of subtle tumors that are barely perceptible on the source axial images. Another example, you look at this case and you say, well, um, there's no obstruction. You look at the arterial, you look at the excretory phase, I'm not very impressed. And when I look at the 3D, you quickly say there's no hydronephrosis, there's no obstruction, perhaps there's nothing. But the closer you look at the left ureter, you realize that the left ureter is irregular. The patient has a subtle infiltrating tumor of the proximal third of the left ureter. That was a transitional cell carcinoma. 
When you look at the literature, the literature really clearly shows that 3D imaging is mandatory. I know people are not doing it, but the literature doesn't lie. In orthopedics, it's a high impact on surgical planning and decision making. There's increased consensus on decision making. It provides roadmaps for preoperative planning with CT and improved lesion detection with increased accuracy. There have been a number of articles. This article talking about fracture dislocation of the hip. Multi-detector CT is a valuable tool. And the article goes on to talk about the role of volumetric CT in detection, characterization, and planning treatment of these injuries. We look at a simple example, comminuted fracture right acetabulum. The discussion, is it a fracture or not, is not the discussion. You didn't need a CT for that. But you see the extent, and the question is, what do you do? Well, in the 3D maps, we see the medial walls displaced. We see the fracture to the iliac bone. We see the extent of fracture, which is better defined with a little bit more three-dimensional feel on the color map. And, of course, you can rotate that around. And then we can use the computer to disarticulate the femur from the acetabulum. And now we can look directly in the acetabulum. The surgeon now has a view they can't even get at surgery. We've disarticulated the femur, and now you can see the posterior lip that's evolved. You can see the fracture lines going through the cup of the acetabulum and anterior column. Very, very nicely seen. And again, preoperative planning becomes very critical. We talk about how the ability to use CT, not only in the bony part of trauma, but also when looking at vascular injuries. And there are a number of vascular injuries, from spasm to compression to dissection to AV fistula to transection. And CT in this article talks about uh, upper extremity trauma. High-quality CTA is critical in this trauma setting. Or this article here talking about the multidisciplinary approach, but all of this requires imaging and requires 3D processing. In one of the articles we wrote, a good example as we go from the injury in the forearm to show you the skin to the bone to taking the bone away to only showing you the vessels. We talk about the technique is critical, arms over the head in this patient who had a stab wound to the left uh, in the cubital fossa. You can see the axial showing it, but look at the 3D, a better understanding of the extent of the soft tissue injury. Then you can remove the bone. You can rotate the patient. You can remove the skin, the bone, whatever you want. But you see the extent of the patient's injury. You see the vessels are nicely painted. And again, interactivity becomes the key. You realize the quality of the images and the ability to view the images looking at this schematic, showing you very nicely from the axillary artery down to the brachial artery, showing you branches like the posterior circumflex and anterior circumflex arteries. We talk about, as we go into the forearm, the ability to look at interosseous vessels, radial artery, ulnar artery, the ability to look at the vascular map in a non-invasive fashion. We also talk about the ability to get a single exam. As we worry about radiation dose, the more information you get to a single study, the less radiation the patient gets. And so we were looking at thoracic and abdominal trauma, but also worried about vascular trauma. So here we very nicely can show you the patient's uh, right axillary to uh, 
a brachial artery. We can show you the patient's carotids. We can take the bony structures away and show you the vascular map. We see the patient's right innominate artery, giving rise to the carotid and subclavian. And you can see it very nicely as we change from a MIP to volume rendering, and then we switch back to a MIP and rotate the images. And then we can use the computer for curved planar reconstructions and track the vessel and show you the results of the tracking. We talk about not only vascular, but we talk about simple things, the most classic things, like skull fractures. Look at this article. In pediatric patients, the presence of multiple open sutures makes fracture evaluation challenging. In our experience, 3D volume rendered images complement axial images in detection and characterization of fractures. Article goes on to say 3D helps in reducing interpretation time and enhances the radiologist's ability to characterize these fractures, again, showing you the role. When I look at things from a global perspective and ask what's the impact of 3D in clinical practice, really I can put things in four ways. One, I think I'm better at detecting the presence of disease. Uh, when we spoke about the kidneys and ureters, things can easily be missed on axial imaging, but are very easily seen in 3D imaging. In terms of staging, every article published that uses 3D in the pancreas, liver, kidneys has shown it to be more accurate because of less partial averaging and the ability to take advantage of the volume rather than single slices. The ability to make better decisions and make them faster will lead to better patient triage. And also, of course, although um, it may require more time on the part of the radiologist working with the referring doc, the ability to do pre-surgical planning. We spoke about pre-surgical planning 30 years ago with cranial facial. Now we talk about liver and pancreas and vascular. As surgery gets more sophisticated, the ability to create three-dimensional images becomes more and more important. We look at some of the conclusions. 3D imaging increases the impact of the role of CT across a range of clinical applications, oncology, orthopedics, trauma, vascular imaging are just a few. Almost anything where data is complex, this will be of value. We talk about the challenges of implementation. I mentioned if I asked the question how many people are doing multiplanar in their practice, up to 50% will raise their hand. If I asked how many people are doing 3D, less than 10% of people raise their hand. I think it's a challenge. I think the challenge to me is the reimbursement model. Reimbursement's been poor, but it is getting better. We talk about who does it. The radiologists are too busy. Should you have a dedicated technologist do it? We don't. We do it ourselves. But in some institutions, uh, they have 3D labs or dedicated technologists to do it. How do you implement such a system if you're not getting paid by th for 3Ds? And I think you can get paid if you try hard. But the issue, of course, is RVUs. And nobody wants to do any work that's not producing RVUs or substantial RVUs. So with that, I think 3D imaging is a challenge. Unfortunately, the challenges I mentioned to you were probably the same challenges I mentioned 25 years ago. So it's kind of a little bit annoying that the challenges haven't been solved. But I think if you use 3D imaging, you will improve patient care. You will improve your referral patterns. Your referring clinicians will rely on it. And I think the fact that we're doing the right things in many times in and of itself is the ultimate reward. So with that, I'll stop there and thank you for your attention. And if you have any questions, just raise your hand and I'll take the questions right after the computer finishes. Thanks a lot.